you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. What? Okay. So here, first of all, here's the, uh, the Christmas shirt. Oh, with, uh, that's awesome. Spider-Man swinging from the uh, the web with lights on it. So I'm, that, that's, anyway. That's really great. Love that. I got a <laughs> peanut at the end of the Charlie Brown special when they're all singing in a group. My mother right. got me that as a sweatshirt, but you can turn it on and the some of the snowflakes sparkle. That's Oh, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, and it's yeah, soft. I, you know, the I love that special. It's funny. I don't know. Is that the thing I've rewatched the most times in my life? That plus the Grinch. It just is. It's perfect. It's got the little peanuts dancing where they're yeah. all been able to create dust storm in the snowfall. And right. Stuff. And I love the little meme that's been going around saying, ah, Christmas time, that time of year when you get to watch Snoopy eating human femur bones. That's really because they are large. They're brontosaurus large. Funny. Fever. <laughs> So how was your right. Christmas, man? Good good Christmas? It was really good. It, Colleen and I really have a swag fest because it's just the <laughs> two of us. We don't have kids. Obviously, kids are the real focus of Christmas in lots of ways. But And and we don't tend to do it that it's, okay, give me a car with a bow on it. We tend to just have all kinds of little interests. And over the course of the years, people talk about things. And then hopefully you remember. And so that turns into a nice possibility of a gift and stuff yes. like that. So you can get a whole table full of books that cost $15 each or nice CDs or clothing. We had just the wrapping of things is funny. I'm really good about the origami of wrapping. I'm really good about <laughs> folding the paper perfectly and everything is nice tight quarters and everything. And I measure it so that it exactly fits the ends of the packages instead of folding over. And, and Colleen is really good at bows. And I've mentioned this before. She's She makes her own bows. That's I fun. buy a box of bows from Costco and I make sure that you know, they have an elastic backing or if I've used them before, I just roll the tape into a little loop and put them back. But she, by hand or using a thing called the Bow Dabra, <laughs> elegant bows, and she's really good, like all ladies are, I think, about matching. So here's the paper that she chooses. And then I've, over the course of time, again, from Costco, I, it's funny. I never mean to be such a shill for them, but I am so satisfied with the quality and the cost of things that I often get at Costco, they have big reels of two inch wide ribbon that is perfect for the kinds of ribbons that she likes to make. And you get like a hundred yards for 15 bucks or something like that. Right. So it's kind of 15 bucks for ribbon, but she's had some that I think I'm going on 20 years of her having had this only certain ones has she actually ran out of because she used them so frequently because they're beautiful or they're the right color. They match more things and stuff like that. So she has a huge we've had to actually get like the container store level plastic boxes for our wrapping paper and our bows and everybody does this our ribbons that kind of stuff and then over the years you accumulate so that we have just dozens and dozens of things to choose from and so the ability for her to make really beautiful packages where it's here's the white on blue snowflakes and then here's the blue like a gradient ribbon and stuff and they just <laughs> they look like 
you went into, I don't know, Neiman Marcus and said, hey, wow, wrap this up cool. the CEO of the company. And it's just really perfect. I have my precision wrapping and she has her beautiful artistic wrapping between the two of us. We just have a pile of stuff under the tree. And so it takes us an hour in the morning to go yeah. back and forth. And she gets, she's really good about putting nice things in the stocking. And I usually, I always get her something pretty and shiny. And that's where that goes. That's the tangerine goes in the toe of the stocking. But right. last before we're done is always, so I got her a really beautiful tree of life pendant this year that has multiple kinds of gold and really oh, nice. something they can do. I don't know what to call it, sparkle cut, laser cut, where it, it isn't like a diamond, where it really refracts and so forth. But it is where as you move it, it catches the light wow, differently nice. and stuff. So it's shiny. And in fact, I even have, I have my visual aids. I go, so it's kind of funny. So first of all, Christmas, of course, is not at all about the swag. We'll get into that. We had a very nice time over at Colleen's sister, Bridget's, and the whole clan Fitzgerald was there. There's a little bit of, you know, now there's sadness because we've been losing our parents. And so instead of the, whatever that continuity, now everybody's doing fine, making the best of it, but there's like an empty seat kind of a feeling sometimes yeah. too. You know, you won't hear, you won't hear the same my mom always, she loved blueberry muffins. And so every Christmas breakfast was little muffs to warm your head, that kind of thing. Everybody has their family things that they repeat because they were said in the houses and stuff. And that's the way of keeping them alive. Yep. And circle of life, a couple of my nieces and nephews are now having, and like two each, the two couples each have two kids. And so it's just, after having had a Christmas of, hey, we're going to have a nice dinner and then talk and play some games. Now it's kid energy is everywhere so of course they're running around and they're and the dog is whatever the kids are doing the dog's in on it yeah kind of thing and it's just it's really fun but it, it sure is chaotic you can't really have a conversation if someone's going to run into you and want to play with your this toy right now with you and, <laughs> right? and kind of funny i'm usually in my past i've been the kid that uh, the one that the kid always wants to like come read this book with me i'll sit in your lap and for whatever reason these kids they pay much more attention to their parents and maybe because Kelly has many brothers and sisters, and they are more doting aunts and uncles than we are. We're not a big feature in their lives. And so get to watch instead of having to be, <laughs> yes, hand me the little plastic phone and I will indeed answer it. That kind of thing. Yeah. So very fun. The chow was always great at Clan Fitzgerald and everything was just wonderful. Except just this morning before getting on the call, we found out somebody tested positive for COVID. Oh, geez. Fuck me. I, we, Colleen, I just made a comment about this. Someone wrote a really nice note about how this time between Christmas and New Year's is a liminal space. Right. Transition between one thing to the other. And that you really get to not have to be on purpose for anything. You can just cocoon yourself. You can relax. You can just, on a whim, go see a movie or stay inside or whatever. And unfortunately, Colleen and I, because we have been doing the out of the COVID cocoon type thing, we lined up a whole bunch of different stuff. Let's go see the zoo lights. Let's go to a comedy show. Let's go hear James Bond music. Now we're going to test. We haven't tested yet, but now it's all up in the air. And maybe like you want to go into the new year strong and hitting the ground running. And now it's going to be, man, if I test positive, I'm not feeling anything. I have no congestion, no sore throat, really doing okay. But I don't want to be a carrier either. So now I got to think, am I really going to go to a comedy club, even masked up? I can't in good conscience. I just won't be typhoid Al. I won't expose people. And like you said, it's so weird because we both lost our fathers this year. So it's the first time without that. And my sister, and he usually gives my sister money to buy presents for my mother uh, from him. So there were a couple of those under the tree. 
that she had gotten before he passed away. So that it was a little weirdish, but my okay. mother didn't break down. It didn't ruin the day or anything. It, it was more mm-hmm. laughter about it. And oh my gosh, of course he didn't just buy a bag of popcorn. She, he bought her like 25 pounds of popcorn. In the, like the big bin, the tin of yeah, popcorn. It was different <laughs> bags. So it was like red okay. popcorn, yellow okay. popcorn, purple popcorn, this popcorn, and just all sorts of stuff to, to pop, not already popped. And it was a laughter. Like, of course, got to go out and make sure you didn't. And then I was laughing because I channeled my father. We went shopping yesterday, me and Colin. And I was like, oh, wrapping paper is really cheap. Oh, I like this. I like this. And we got to replenish. And he's like, you look like your father. So there was some humor in there. But yeah. but like you said, though, the last couple of years, what if, oh, it's COVID, we can't see anybody and you miss those opportunities. And when those kids, we, last time I saw you, you were crawling and now you're like, you're getting ready to drive and I haven't seen you in so long. It's a, there's the, yeah, that's a balance. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. We, I don't know. We have, we're fully vaxxed. We're as, as safe as you can get, but the last right. vaccine was like September. So we really are coming up on if they're going to have another one every six months or something like that. We want to make sure we get the latest people have been talking about it for a while. And I think that's, what's going to happen that it's going to be much like flu that you'll find out what the new strains are for that year. And they've gotten less lethal, but more infectious in some ways. And so you go and get yourself protected against the three that are the most common in the world or that you might bump into because it's the United States instead of China right. or whatever else it might be. And we'll just keep being safe as much as we can and staying healthy so that if you do get anything, you have to fight it off instead of going down. I got friends that seem to get respiratory ailments every single year. And I, uh, luckily, Colleen and I are pretty good constitutions in that regard. We don't get a lot of colds or flus or anything like that. Here's hoping this will now be just kind of part of that sad, weird force field that's all around us of all these things that might impinge on you. But I sent some things to my mom for Christmas for her and they, and I wrote a little note saying, Hey, please open these on Christmas and stuff like that. I really don't know how they do things out there. When we were out there visiting with my dad, we brought some gifties and already then it was just like happy to get them, but didn't seem to be who are these from and stuff like that. I'm getting, it's a year in now I'm getting used to the idea of you, you want to be loving to your mom, but you don't have to have deep concerns like you used to about this will be exactly what she likes. She loves chocolate covered cherries. Nowadays, it really seems to be no matter what you get them, if you're pleasant about it, she loves your company. She loves your attention. It isn't about the gifties. And yet we tried to get a little snow leopard to go with her menagerie of plush toys because she really, that's part of one of the things that she's reverted to embraced is she loves that feeling of closeness. She's, She's all alone for three quarters of the time that we're out there. Of course, not all alone. She has nice staff and the other residents do chat with her and stuff. It's not all isolated. And yet, boy, it isn't fam. So It's not. And with the way her brain is working, it doesn't have that. I'm going to plan to do this and I'm going to go in. It's no kind of that like, exactly. yeah, it's like you said, like a fog, which, yeah, yeah. yeah. which kind so of we, brings up with the COVID and parents passing away and getting older and problems, all of us. What I've always tried to make sure I do with my kids is, hey, we got to enjoy it. Let's not say, oh, I don't feel like going to see the lights this year because it might be the last one and you want to enjoy it. And you go, man, I really wish we would have done that. And I hate I've always tried to never have a, oh, I wish I had done that. It it does happen. There's some things still, but we did a whole lot of things this year that we enjoyed seeing lights and going to Stan Hewitt. Yeah. In fact. 
We sent out a, a Christmas letter and photos and all that Which I got. And thank you. I didn't know about Phil Plottle until your letter. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, it no, was I'm such sorry. a. Yeah, it was posted in a couple of the like metric groups and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. And he was, I talked to him for two hours at my first RG at Bill and Bria's house. So I had a okay. special bond connection with them. And I just yeah, talked to Dave yeah. about that in September. And I was like, oh, so I sent my condolences. Of course, I felt like an idiot because I said, Merry Christmas, Dave. I hope you're having a great day. And then I'm like, I'm sorry. I just read Alan's yeah, letter. And I know, though. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a weird thing in this era of social media. You really do assume that everybody gets the word to everything all the time. Right. And it, I might be on pretty much every day. But other people, they check in once a week and whatever other things have pushed things off their right. scroll, they can be in the dark. So it that was, it's, boy, getting older is you start to lose people. You lose your family yeah. and your friends and that kind of stuff. And it isn't easy, especially when some people are just so vivid in my mind as to when I first met them or joyful time that we had. We used to get together at Bethan Stands for New Year's Eve for the whole New Year's weekend and play a lot of games and have a lot of laughter. And everybody contributes food. But one of the most wonderful things was where everybody like hits midnight and they go, I'm done with games, but I'm not tired yet. And you finally have that heartfelt, the philo philosophical, the wonderful conversation that it, and Phil was often a great contributor to that. You yeah. know, some people, they just get older. Some people get wise. And Phil seemed to really be a match that he really had great philosophies on life and great, like his stories were wonderful to listen to and wonderful to hear what he got out of them. Or that sometimes the world is just not the best. And you have to get through it and go on. He's know? one so, of those not regret things. Because the last time I saw him was a couple years ago at an RG. And his mind was starting to go a little bit. And I'm like, hey, Phil, how you doing? He was a little bit like, who are you? And I'm like, and I told him who I was. And, oh, okay. And how you doing? We talked for a couple minutes and had a great conversation. Mm -hmm. He loosened up and we were laughing and good. And that's the last time I saw him because he didn't go, we didn't go to RGs and stuff. And then, so I was like, it's same thing with my grandfather. I remember the last conversation I had with my grandfather and we were laughing. He told me stories and going to definitely be missed. So, yeah. but okay. So one of the reasons that, yeah, go ahead. Just real quick. One of the reasons that I mentioned the letter was because what you said, like, I really was a, quite a workaholic when I first started in my career. I was doing well. I was making good money and I was making good raises and bonuses every year because I could figure things out that nobody else could. And yet I then luckily read various different things about what do people put on their tombstones? It's never, oh, I wish I would have spent more time at the office. It's the regrets are what hurt, not the things they tried and might not have succeeded. The things that they did that were wonderful, those are the great memories. And especially, I'm, a, I'm an accumulator, I have lots of things, but I've also read a number of times that it's the experiences that are really what make you happy, not you having every toy. And so right. I really have, over the course of my life, tried to shift that, embrace that. And that's very much, people read our letter and they're, they get, man, aren't you guys exhausted? And it's, no, we love doing all those things. We love doing things that we don't know how it's going to come out. You just want to keep trying things to see if it is of interest to you. And exactly what you said, I don't want to have the regret of, we talked about doing it and didn't. And once in a while, of course, the world is tough. There's too much work to get done or whatever it is. And yet then you don't take that as the excuse to stop doing it. It's more like, as soon as I'm back to healthy after my cancer year, what are we doing? We're going to a comedy festival. I made it. I'm here. I'm now not, I'm not going to hide in the house. I'm going to be like, let's, I'm living on borrowed time now. The challengers of the unknown. 
right. what are we going to do to make it so that we thank the universe for letting me stick around? So we do all different kinds of things and love sharing that. And that's part of the thing we hope for the letter is that people will be inspired. They're not going to do it 24-7 like Helen Colleen, but I could go on a driving vacation. I could go to a comedy festival. I could go to a buffet. You know what I mean? The, right. the silly things that make us, who knows why, is so happy. Maybe it'll inspire somebody to like do that too. That'd share nice. that this yeah. is really cool. Especially also if it's, I do a lot of things with good planning, but sometimes it's just, I read about this. And, Let's go. And, and we just do it with no prep. Oh. Turns out great sometimes. And Me and the, the kids, <laughs> one Christmas, we were coming back from something. I think we went down to Cambridge. They do a Dickens Christmas and they dress up like Victorian England and carolers and they have the shops decorated stuff. We were coming back from that and we got rerouted somewhere and there's a road closed. So we were driving. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're having a winter festival. Er, pulled in the parking spot. Let's go. You know what I mean? It was just wonderful. Very spur of the moment. <laughs> Didn't even know about yeah, it. Yeah. We, so, some of our fondest memories are exactly that. We're just like, we had no idea this was even here, but we had a wonderful two hours exploring. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So speak, right. with all of this, one of the gifts I got Colin, he teared up a little bit on this, was one of his fondest memories is sitting and watching Walker, Texas Ranger, with Chuck Norris, with my father. Sure. They would sit okay. and watch it, and he remembers that when he was little. So I found a picture of him and my father watching something, and I put it on a mug, and oh. I got him the first season of Walker, because Colin's really into tea, and I said, now you can sit and drink your tea and watch Walker with Papa. And he teared up a little Absolutely. bit. He was very a bittersweet gift. And I just I hope it helps bring you. back good memories for him. Yeah, yeah. That's I we might I'm it's cool that he has tea and one of the tea is one of those things that you can keep trying new teas forever. You know what, what? I mean? There's all we have a place called the tea lab right here in Lakewood that you walk in and there's like hundreds of teas here. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't even know where to start, but I know I can say I don't like constant comment. That's boring. How about the mint section, the whatever. Let me tell you. Yes. yes. Colin has become a tea <laughs> connoisseur. And we went down to the Ohio Tea Company in Canton, which okay. they have little jars all on the shelves and little nook, nooks and crannies. And right. you tell them what you want and they take it and they measure it out and they weigh it. And I'm like, man, if they don't do good with tea, they have a drug operation all set up right here. It's like breaking bags. Exactly. A little plastic in bags. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and these aren't like the stuff at the store where it's 24 tea bags for $6. This is like an, you get it by the ounce. And he got a couple of them. He's, I'll take two ounces. And it's like $12, $15 for two ounces. And I'm like, oh my they God. They can be rarefied dude. prices too. That's yeah. Right. But yeah. he... For his birthday, a friend got him a teapot that you can adjust the temperature and it's a, an exact temperature setting. And he's, cool. he told us for Christmas, we got some specialty made Christmas teas. So for Christmas day, he educated all of us. He's like, okay, this type of tea, you got to have at this temperature and this somewhere between there. And when yeah. you steep it, it's only for this long. Don't steep it longer. And so we were like learning about tea and you know what? Cool. He's absolutely right. The teas, the flavor was amazing. I'm like, I can never get store-bought tea and get boiling water and ruin it again. It, right, it was like, right. I was like, wow, this is totally amazing. That's one of the things, always learning something, always exploring. I would have never yeah. thought teas were that big of a deal. And he's no, and he'll tell you, oh, this tea, you need this one a little hotter or this one you need to steep for a little longer and just whatever. Wow. So yeah. 
Tea is a big deal, and it's wonderful. Wonderful. It's funny. I never gained that good sense. I've tried many teas. When I worked at a place called Bubby and Zadie's, a delicatessen in college, they were one of the first places that had carried two dozen different teas. And of course, because it was college, they had Midnight Madness and Morning Thunder, the ones that were like hyper-caffeinated, so you could stay awake and study. But they also had the first herbal teas, the first non-caffeinated teas. And I tried everything. You kind of learn. I guess I'm a big fan of, I like fruity teas. I didn't like chamomile was supposed to be, hey, that's good for if you get a cold, it clears your head. And yet there was some element to it that I didn't like. And I really understand then from how much I like sweet instead of bitter. So anything like Earl Grey that had a bitter note to it is, I don't think I'm going to have this again. That's funny (laughs) you you mentioned that because (laughs) Colin did not like Earl Grey also, but he said it's because I've been brewing the water too hot and steeping it too long. It needs this temperature and this long. And he said, the flavor is amazing if you do it right, because the tannins in there, actually the chemical consistency changes if the water's too hot. So you might've done that or gotten that. And he's right. I thought, oh, the fruit teas, because they're sweet. I like those. But we had teas that it's like people drinking wine or beer where they're like, oh, hints of this and a note of that, that type of thing. I'm like, Oh my God, I can taste the raspberry and there's the French toast flavor. I mean, it really was all those <laughs> exactly. flavors coming out. So I, that's I was, kind of what I was leading to is I might've uh, had all sorry. of those different teas, but that, no, it just, it's exactly what you're saying. What did I do? I took hot water that we kept in a pot, all was near boiling. And I, that's how I did every single tea. Whereas if I would have had that little chart of here's the tea and here's how you prepare it. And what takes honey and what doesn't, what takes us yes. and what, whatever your sad ins and stuff, I would have been. A much I, this is late 70s early 80s so we're going on 45 years i would have been even a more discriminating tea drink or maybe even more of a big fan if there would have been something served perfectly instead of generic with the slightly different things of just the flavor itself you know yeah. what i mean yep, yep. So i will i colleen likes lots of different teas and i've learned to get we don't i don't go to the tea lab i tend to go get her like the plantation mint that she likes and the orange zinger. There's various different good tea companies and she seems to like them enough that there's no need to get something really specific. These generic, but various different tastes work for her, but I'll have to tap into a tea book and see, Hey, if you think you've had orange zinger before, if we do it just right, what do you think? It's exactly the water temp and you make it with a tea ball instead of, you know what I mean? I'll have to see how all that. Can we pause this? I really need to go to the restroom. All right. So <laughs> good. I also got, let's see, Vicky got me some hats. Cause I've been saying, you know what? I want some hats. So she got me a fedora. She got me like one of those Irish newsboy hats. I got a right. black leather cowboy hat and it looks fantastic. It's awesome. We're getting cool. stands so I can put all my hats on stands now. Very fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and my mother, me, oh, you mentioned earlier about the plethora of music and stuff my sister and i were laughing because we each got my mother books and we got them from mm-hmm. different library book sales <laughs> yeah ma- mom's <laughs> worth a two dollar bag of books <laughs> so. i did i did have this we do secret santa in colleen's family because getting gifts for 30 people is just too overwhelming so you right. should get one person that they have put out a wish list and then one secret santa takes care of them so i had a show this year and He's a golfer. And so I got him a bunch of golfing books. And as I, this is, here's the capper for my year on Amazon. I was really making a point of buying only new because I've had such bad experience with buying used, even when right. used is like new, 
that they just seem to have lowered things notches and notches so that I continually get things that are just chewed on. You know what I mean? It was used as a book stop. It was, it's the cover, the spine is cracked in multiple hideous white lines. Hideous. I hate that. But anyway, so I made a point of, there's a, three books in a nice slip cover set from Golf Digest about how to be the perfect golfer, if you will. And I bought it new and it still arrived with the slip cover being broken. And I, and I gave it to him and I said, I know it's the books that matter, but I told him that story of, I really tried to get you. I'm, I wasn't haunting the used books because for a gift, you don't do that. Colleen and I might do it for each other because it right. doesn't matter to each other and we know it. But I was just like, even when you try not to have the world, it still thwarts you. It still has little odd things like that. But I got him other, I got him the Tiger Woods book and the and that, and I got him, he wanted some cleaware. So I got him like, the perfect shirt and the perfect hat and the perfect and he was very happy you hope one of the joys of when people are opening their gifts is yes. that they're gonna not only just say oh thanks but yeah and then right. you see their eyes light up and stuff and i was he, so he really liked the assortment of things that i got him i'm very pleased that based on his list and with a little bit of not just check items off the list but think okay if he likes this he'll probably like this so i got him a couple surprises one of the interesting things that, things that happened was we went over to Dick's Sporting Goods to get the cleware, and they had a huge pyramid of blankets, like what you might bring to a ball game or something like that. Because here in Cleveland, let's play when it's negative 10. <laughs> and he just, I saw literally that pyramid was shrinking while we were in there because so many people were, this is the perfect size and, the per and all that kind of stuff. So I got him one of those. And that's one of the things that when he popped open the box, is it was like, he was really happy and it was a, a total <laughs> nice. impulse kind of a spur of the moment thing and yet i hit a good uh, i hit a home run on that one yeah, you know what i mean so i was talking to somebody about that i'm like that's part of the best fun me and colin were talking he was like man i got him such, such and this. i got him like i always get him classic rock albums and i'm running out of good ones to get them so i went okay. back to the source and i got him a whole stack of blues artists like the original blues artists and stuff. And he Very was ecstatic. Good. And there were a couple other things where he's, oh, this is awesome. Hadn't thought about it, but it fit. And I'm like, that's when you know somebody, you can find that perfect gift that they may not have thought of. Whereas right. past family I've had, their whole thing was, here's my list of five things. Okay, I'll get those five things. There you go. Ra unwrap them. Merry right. Christmas. My, my obligation has been met. You yeah, know what I mean? that well, that's not Christmas. My mother, and this I laugh. I'm like, really? I love doing things like pizza, making homemade pizza. But I've gotten away from a lot of that because of all the carbs and stuff. So she got me a pizza stone, a really nice pizza stone. And I'm like, what are you I doing? Have one of those too, and they really... Yeah, I, yeah, it is. It's enabling. It's encouraging well, that. Yeah. Know. You know what that pizza stone looks really good for? It works for cauliflower crust pizza, stuff yes. like that. So instead of going full Durham wheat or whatever, I've been able to switch my pizza habits. So I've <laughs> found a few things. King Arthur wheat is supposed to be one of the better pizza making dough for diabetics because it's low carbs and it crisps mm. up and looks good. So I bought some to try. They said you can mix it with some carbolose, which I know you've mentioned. So I'm going to get some exactly, of that yeah. and mix some in to get, experiment a little bit so we can eat pizza. Collins, I don't care. I'll make lots of pizza. I'll make use of it. <laughs> I'm like, I guess I know you're getting that in my will. <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you, Ordo's is my favorite frozen pizza, if you will. It's really close to restaurant quality, but not for 25 bucks. It's for eight to 12, depending on when you find it on sale and stuff like that. And that on a pizza stone turns out perfect. 
Oh, it's really well, cool. Well, I, I'm very happy with that. Then I'm going to run out after this, and I'm going to get some DiGiorno's and get some ingredients. We're going to do pizza tonight. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. I don't leave well enough alone. If I get like the triple meat pizza, I still put mushrooms and onions and maybe yeah. peppers on there. Like, cook. I like all the, every bite has a riot of flavors and stuff like that. And I cook it for a little bit longer than what it says, because I figure, well, now I've added density, layers to it, and it cook it until onions on top are crisping instead of floppy. You know what I mean? And that, not crisping, but where they're clear cooked. Yes. If you, I try to make it, the, that's the, um, it's the little thing that pops out of the turkey. It's onions for me on pizza. Yes. <laughs> that kind of thing. So what else, okay. what else did I write down that I thought, oh, this was awesome. I was mentioning this a while back. So I've been really getting back into music. I think I told you I got that keyboard replacement a while back. We uh, got electric drums. I've got the guitar out and I've really been, pushing myself a bit to take the time. And yeah. I saw an ad for these virtual drums. It's just drumsticks. But when you hit them, it makes the sound of real drums. So you have to really hit in the right place. And I'm wow. like, wow, those are pretty cool. I'm like, oh, man, but for that price, they're not that cool. I've got drums. I don't need right. the. I'm like, it would be fun to take with me wherever, but mm -hmm. you got a pair for me. She got me these virtual drumsticks. Oh, man. That's They're sweet. so cool. You just sit there banging <laughs> in the air, and it'll hit, hook up to a Bluetooth speaker, and you'll hear it. So it's like you're really playing the drums, and it's almost magical. It's so cool. cool. You set it to different kinds of drums. Like now they're set for snare. Now they're set for cymbal or even buttons on the As standard sounds control. for the drum set. Okay. The snare is always in the right place. Your hi-hats, your cymbals, your toms. So they're in the right very spots cool. for really playing. It's I'm like, that That's is so cool. cool. She was so happy because she's like, it was something you wanted. It was maybe a little pricier than we usually do and stuff, but she just said, going to get it. She's like, an extra glass of wine or two may have been involved in that decision, but <laughs> <laughs> she was very ecstatic because she, she said for 15 years, she hasn't had Christmas with anybody but her son. And there's some oh boy, problems yeah. and issues between them right now. So she didn't even talk to him or see him this whole season. So to Ouch. come into with our family and she was like a little kid she's like, get calling she's calling still sleep we're gonna go upstairs and bang pans and wake them up and so she was like a little right. kid again and that was great opening time santa's yes. in here exactly yeah so that that was a good time that was fun I, yeah i think i mentioned last time that i put a big list out for my secret santa instead of them saying here get me these five things i had a list of 30 so they could choose amongst them and whatever they liked and they'll be able to say i know enough about this that he will like the Emerson Lake and Palmer CD because I like them or something like that. But what I also put on the list is I'm, I tend to get things for myself all the time because I shop for them and I have my $7 CD limit and there's all kinds of things that they just don't come out used or they don't come down in price. And so that's, what's on the list is, boy, I really want that Jethro Tull album, but the Zealot Gene never came down off of 15 bucks. Oh, I guess somebody else has a gift. We'll do what I just have <laughs> trained myself not to do, which is buy read the wholesale retail instead of wholesale you know what right. i mean so i i had jack had me and one of the very nice compliments that he had was as i as he went through my list it was like man i kind of i don't know what some of these are but when i look online and read about them they're like this is so cool who he, i didn't even know this existed and this guy actually has all of these things so he was very complimentary about my esoteric taste the range of my tastes 
was like an inspiration to him to, I got a, he got me a couple books and he said, I didn't want to read them before I gave them to you because you can tell sometimes that's happened, but he's all lend it back to you. He's like, okay. It was, nice. it was very nice to be like that, that I'm not only the relentless geekery guy, that he's enough of a geek that he could appreciate what a cool book, what's some cool music, what a cool puzzle, all that kind of stuff. You know? It's so weird because we talk about this stuff. It's, here's all the artists we like. Here's the movies we've seen. Here's the games we're playing. Here's the puzzles we're doing. Here's the 3D printer. Here's the programming. And it's all these things. And then when I'm like with quote unquote normal people and they're like, wow, do you ever like sleep and don't you just relax? And I'm like, this is relaxing. Sleep for the week. Yes. Don't sleep when I'm dead. It's well, then on the flip side, they're like, oh, have you watched this show? I'm like, no, I haven't watched that. <laughs> I've got these Something things that I watch. watched. Nine seasons of when I've never seen a single episode. The stars just doesn't do much for me or yeah. whatever else it might be. So yep, same. Yep, same. <laughs> so here, so, visual ace time. I got the Emerson, Lake and Palmer. This is the a tribute concert that they did after keith emerson passed all kinds of great his fellow first previous band members or people that admired him so they got every excellent keyboard player in the world jordan ruda and then it's called fanfare for the uncommon man and so it's just loaded with good elp and then see i also got the last the keith emerson band where he let me, let me get less glare here we <laughs> played with mark bonilla who is a fantastic guitarist sounds enough like greg like that they're ish and I think I mentioned that I went to see Project yes. when I was out in California this last time. He was the guitarist for Project. So it all comes together. I got to hear him live. So That's very cool. And Colin and I went to the website and we were listening to the little videos and stuff they have. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this, these guys are awesome. I'd love to get, it's like a greatest hits of prog classic rock. <laughs> exactly. What's interesting is I really love them. And whenever they tour, I'll see them again. There's a band in town called Prog Nation that do similar things where they're virtuoso musicians, you really have to have the chops to be able to play Heart of the Sunrise or uh, La Via Strangiato, a guitarist that can play La Via Strangiato? Wow. What? And yet we we love seeing that. And because instead of it being, we're going to hear a lot of places are doing now, hey, it's the we're going to play this entire album. And so it's kind of like fun because I really love that music, but there's no surprises. Whereas when you have these guys, you don't know what their favorites were that they're going to throw in some Rush and some Kansas and some ELP and some right. Yes and some Genesis and then Gentle Giant to get a pure. And it's very cool to get that smorgasbord, that greatest hits in their influences growing up. This is the song I wanted to learn how to play on guitar. And here I'm going to share it with you now. Nice. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. What else do I have? We also got the Yes, the live Roy the Royal Affair in Vegas. We saw the Royal Affair tour in Pittsburgh. So this is that. And then, oh my God, Colleen really knows me well and she knows. I hope you don't mind the visual aids tour. To yeah, no, tour. this is perfect. Make people, hey, if you want to see what he's holding up, go to YouTube. We've got a YouTube channel. We've got exactly. links on the website. <laughs> Here's the book of questions. And I think this is like the, maybe a, the original, but revised. There, This came out, they've been around for probably 30 years now, where it's like just something that you bring out at a party or have as a couple. And you like, it asks big philosophical questions and you get to know the person. Like the very first one in here is, would you rather never drive again or never telecommunicate again or lose a hand and so i, I don't want any of those <laughs> the question of how would you even rank them if you had to choose one of course i'm not giving up a hand and yet and i think to myself we've loved our driving vacation some of the highlights of life but we do that two three four weeks out of the year compared to i'm online every day it's how i stay in touch with my friends it's i'm a computer guy i can't right in 
And so I would, if you rank them, and it really was some evil man holding a gun to your head, I would have to give up my driving vacations in order to maintain this. And just that quick thing of, I would base it on how much time do I spend doing it? How much would I miss it? How much is it part of me? Whereas, I don't know, other people would, maybe they really would. I could drive one-handed. Right. One-handed, they have cording keyboards. I don't, this left hand, I, I just, that's, you don't realize how big a thing that is to you because I know any number of people that have had to give it up involuntarily based on injury or right. mishap. And yet, I'm sure you'd learn to compensate. If I lost an eye, I wouldn't stop reading. I would just right. wear a patch and learn to do. And it's long COVID now where people don't eat or drink the same anymore because they don't smell as well. It would be a huge change, but you wouldn't give up. It, it you know. All those interesting discussions. So that we, what, oftentimes, Colleen and I take a break during the day where she's working at, often sitting at the couch, laptop-wise, and I sit on the love seat at our little right angle and we just have a conversation. And she often comments on her favorite parts of the day because we really talk about everything under the stars and we really do buoy each other's spirits and stuff like that and and I, I don't really understand how uncommon that is until when she talks about that with other people they'll say my, my husband just doesn't do that yeah, you know what I mean he's kind of a bear in his cave and he comes out and he takes care of business he goes the lawn and that kind of stuff but and not only husbands but wives sometimes they're just not conversationalists they're information sharers or they just they're reticent they're, they aren't they're internal kind of like cowboy laconic, whereas I'm bubbly and I talk about everything all the time. It's me. I think it goes right along with the omnivorousness and everything is that it's part of that. It's too many people are like, this is just my life. I go to work and come home. I'm done with everything. I'm just going to watch TV. And we, that's not how our brains work. Even if yeah, you're having yeah. to drive to work and come home, it's still okay. Now I'm going to go learn to play this new chord on guitar. Now I'm going to listen to this music. There's a new show and it just, a million things going on. It's exactly. just I, another I thing that I've always thought was you don't really understand how well you know something until you try to give it away. So whenever I do a talk, I'm aware of wow, I know a lot about this, and yet there are things that I couldn't explain fully about all the history of that or why. And sometimes, like why do I like it as much? And getting introspective and being able to share that with other people is its own very cool exercise. Self understanding is an important thing. So. Whenever we have these conversations, it's like instead of, I don't know how many people, they read something online and then they parrot it back. And so I don't only do that. I want to understand it enough that I could explain it to somebody else if I had to. Or I could say, well, that's not all right. This part is okay, but this part, is they made a leap of logic there. That's not a leap. It's a stumble. <laughs> and I don't want to buy into it. And so it's very cool to have those conversations and just be in the practice of what do you know and how do you know it? And what's your confidence level in it? And would you fight for this or would you just say we lean that way? But I'm always willing to listen to other information. It's a regular exercise in that civil discourse. And between the two of us, it's it should expand everywhere. And if I sit down in a coffee shop and someone tells me about fracking and it's not all good because of this and this, I'm glad that you're making money off of it. I want to be able to have that conversation where it's conversational, not immediately start yelling at each other immediately right. go to opposite ends of the chasm and just start throwing things across it, that similar type of conversation i've tried and had a few times with people with electric cars you had the people like oh we need electric cars because it'll solve all our problems i'm like i doubt that and then you hear other people <laughs> oh, electric cars are going to ruin our country and this i doubt that too are they the panacea that answers all of our energy problems no 
what issues are there with electric cars? Because they still need manufactured somehow, and the chemicals in the battery are worse than necessarily the carbon for the fuel. What's worse? What at long term? And how do we handle the batteries? And it, does it change our whole setup? Because now we need to put in electric charging. There's more issues than just, oh, we're not using fossil fuels. But a lot of people won't delve that deep into it. And it's just like, no, I'm just this opinion and that's the end of it. It's a yes or no. It's a win-loss or however you want to term it. That, that way of talking about things instead of, wow, this is a tricky thing. Yeah. Life is messy and complex. And the way you get <laughs> to a conclusion is not by deciding what you want and then filling in underneath your support. Don't you do it, look at all the facts and then say on balance, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I had a person in my past that really was more that they decide what they think is right and then they find supporting evidence and it's really and when i would say we thought about this they thought i was taking away at them instead of saying actually this is the way i think i collect a lot of data and i weighted as to how believable and how important what the, you know, the weights of right. things are and that's what guides me to this decision so it's also like i've talked about my choosinator spreadsheets whenever i have presented a choosinator and the next time that people do that thing they don't use it. They just say, nope, we're going here because that's what I want. It hurts me a little bit because I showed them a good way. And yet that's not how people think. No. I haven't proven it again and again. So my, <laughs> I love consumer reports because they do a lot of that. How do you know a product is good? If it's a dishwashing liquid, does it get off this kind of food? Does it leave a sheen on it or not? And there's all kinds of factors that go into the final on balance this guy's an 87 and this guy's a 79 and then but the price for the 79 is half of the 87 so it's might why you might want to be able to give up a few features and i think that way all the time either i learned it from consumer reports or i've always thought that way and then when i found consumer reports like they're doing all the work that i would do but i don't have to buy and that different bottles right. of motor oil to find and, out which and, is the best motor oil <laughs> and it's a difference of understanding what the truth and the facts and checking it out is as opposed to what the marketing has implanted in your brain as the truth. And there, you've probably heard of guerrilla marketing, Jay, blah, 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 something, I forget his last name. They He relates a story in one of the first guerrilla marketing books where him and some ad marketing guys got into a cab and they were talking about a convention they were about to go to, blah, blah, blah. And the a uh, cabbie is, oh, I don't believe in any of that marketing stuff. They're like, oh, really? What toothpaste do you use? And the guy said, oh, I use this toothpaste because I don't have time to brush all the time in between my cab rides. And they all laughed because that was the marketing of when you don't have time, ours is the best. Absolutely the tagline. That's yeah, right. <laughs> that's, it's difficult. And that's what people get. And that's what certain politicians do also and prey upon is that way of thinking and the people that fall into that. The consumer reports is their non-part, supposedly, I'll give it that, it's supposedly nonpartisan right. third party that really evaluates not based on who's giving them money or anything. So exactly. that's important. That, that's, I've, I've always liked that. When Mad Magazine could be funny about everything because they didn't take ads. And when they started <laughs> to take ads because Time Warner bought them, it was like just the end of an era. Yeah. Even if they try to talk about how there's still a Chinese wall between the editorial and the content side of the house, now you you can't believe that. You know what I mean? It's like, right. oh, they're making as much fun of Jameson as they once did, because apparently that's also a wholly owned subsidiary of Time Warner or whatever. And, oh, I, anyway, that A.J. Jacobs, who I love, has done all kinds of, he's a very good, he's like the George Clinton of journalism, by that meaning, he decides, I'm going to live a year according to what the Bible says in every way. 
And so he lets his beard grow and he keeps kosher or it's both Old and New Testament. And the difficulties of doing that in the modern world, he talks about that. They're very like autobiographical while really doing a t- tons of fact-based stuff while also commenting on this works, but this doesn't. This is absurd. And he's done that for investigating his family tree. And he had a great book called The Puzzler, where he has the same fascination that you and I have with puzzles and games, maybe even more I than you. And he said, I'm going to spend a year investigating this in every way. I already do the New York Times crossword puzzle. Let's go to that cool crossword puzzle tournament in Stamford, Connecticut. And in fact, one of the things I got for Colleen and I this year are the books that collect various different tournament level crosswords from them, because maybe this year in April, maybe next year in April, we're going to go into training and do our crossword puzzles and actually time ourselves and see there's something. I have all kinds of things that I've always wondered. I do these all the time and I'm really pretty good at them. Like when I sit on the airplane and do the airplane crossword puzzle and people look over because you're doing it so fast, maybe really I'm at that level that I'm a, a good solver. And yet, you also know that there's people that they not only do crossword puzzles, that's the only thing that they do. Yeah. And so I'm going to go up there and I'm not like, oh, Mr. Hot Stuff and I'm going to get my ass handed to me because <laughs> a 25-year-old perfect vocabulary guy that does nothing but scrabble and crossword puzzles is just a machine about these yeah. kinds of things. I'm curious. I like Speak. those people. I don't care about the competition. I want to be with the Will Shortes of the world that everything is punny and word knowledgeable and fascinating. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Speaking of that, we've gotten into a new slight family tradition of watching Jeopardy and yelling out the answers, trying to see who can get whatever answers. <laughs> and uh, we, Ethan comes over and like me and Colin and Ethan and my mother, were all sitting there yelling and try, oh, I, oh, I didn't get that one. Oh, I should have known that. All those types right. of things. <laughs> so for Christmas, I got Colin and my mother and Alex Trebek Funko Pop. That's fun. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's still with us in spirit. I really yeah. like Ken Jennings. I'm glad that he's the now full-time inheritor and stuff like that. And actually, I have nothing bad to say about him. He's not Alex. That's all. The people were so used to Alex and thinking that there's all kinds of things that people think, oh, nobody could do it but Johnny Carson. And then along come, not one, but two, but five different successors. And there are other people that can still even be shoes. In their own way. Nobody can be Johnny Carson, but they can be themselves and be as enjoyable in their own way. And some of them are. Exactly. Exactly. Let's see. The Complete Book of Buckaroo Banzai. Nice! Wow! <laughs> Have you ever seen this movie? Yes. I didn't even know this existed. Colleen is so good about when I make little references to, that's the movie that had Peter Weller and Jeff Goldblum and Clancy Brown, like everybody, John Liskow, like loaded with young stars so that when they do that for the 90210, 90120, they right. like talk about it. Then they all went on to have big careers. This is that kind of movie. Plus, right. it's so witty and so weird and so much fun. I'm a rock star, brain surgeon. Yes. I mean, so I haven't, I, these are all, I'm, when you get a whole bunch of new books, you're like, what am I going to read first? These are all great. So <laughs> right. see what mood I'm in. So the whole, you know, book right by, and I keep reading rumors about this. If you remember the movie, it's the Buckaroo Banzai and his adventures in the fifth dimension, right? And at the very end, they have that Buckaroo Banzai will return versus the syndicate or something like that. I should know it. I really should. They should be internally burnt into my brain. And yet, I keep seeing rumors that they might actually do it. Wow. They might get the band back together That's... and make another Buckaroo Banzai movie. I would be, the special effects would be so now advanced, but also just to see each of those characters with a, a few years on them, it'd be fascinating as long as they keep the feel and the campiness and they don't try and do something totally different and make it better exactly let's see nudge the revised edition oh i love reading books about like 
how we think, how people think. I love the Freakonomics books. So right. this is about the, a, a, a good way to persuade. We talked earlier about advertising where it's like mimetic and you have a good tagline and it gets in on people without them realizing it. There's a whole bunch of subliminal seduction books that came out 50 years ago about, oh, they put little images of skulls in the glass, in the ice right. in the glass. And then you're like, I fear death. But for some reason, I'm fascinated with this drink. So nudge is about how you set small incentives, default values, little ways of saying, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but the default value for how you're going to set up your 401k is, let's say it's 3% because that's what your company matches. And just that little bit of trying to make the world a better place by putting in good default values can make, it's amazing how much it helps people make good decisions that from a blank piece of paper, they would have gone, how about zero or 10, a nice round number? How about nothing? Because I don't know anything about it. You give them the idea that someone who cares about you has thought about you and they're right there by your side. They're not trying to tell you what to do because some people are automatic rebels. You know what I mean? So the thought that goes into how do we get people to adopt social programs when you know that there's going to be some kind of automatic skepticism, even resistance, how do you get to be like taking people from thought to action? It's so hard. Every, yeah. every diet plan, every workout plan, every everything is about just overcoming momentum and getting people to act. And this is a fantastic book wow. about that. Wow. Revised edition. So we'll see what that says in 2022, the year of social media and mimetic warfare. And what have they learned about you can get people to believe in absurd things, awful yeah. things, atrocity things, as well as you can get them to believe in, hey, everybody gets a puppy. You know what I mean? So anyway, I'm going on too much here. Profiles and ignorance. Andy Borowitz is the best fake headline writer out there, right up there with The Onion. And so this is his latest take on how did we get to where we are that we actually elect people that are so obviously, if not incompetent, actively evil, and yet we're like, we're guys. so how they learn to manipulate the political landscape or the memescape, or they dress in a nice suit so they look respectable, but there's nothing of the responsibility of you're an expert in a suit and don't worry, I will guide you forward. How do you deal with the, all those kinds of people that it's disheartening in the same way that Greylord was in Chicago, all these corrupt judges, all under charges, and yet two-thirds of them got reelected. Really, all of Chicago is, yeah, but he's my guy. It's okay if he's taking a couple bribes because that's his, you know what I mean? And now we have the Boberts and the Taylor Greens of the world, like, you can't have had two or four or six years of them and not say, get the hell out of it. I've said, destroying the country. You I've said this before. <laughs> I've said, with all the crap we're seeing with all these politicians, I'll take another Bill Clinton who plays around little sex stuff with the interns. That's nothing. I'll take that every day. It's all those discussions to me lead to what that sense of proportion is that people have. They're like, wow, you continually voted for gas companies. And so we are killing the planet. But even worse over here is someone who ruled around. And they're both bad. But if I had to take what has the greatest impact, what's truly evil versus the other, it's kind of like the nine levels of seven circles of hell that Dante came up with. There is a way to rank those things in some ways. Small sins, I, I, there's even like Catholic terms for it, right? Cardinal versus venal versus, yeah, yes. you know what I mean? There's really levels of sin and don't equate them, like especially when someone does it and your response is everybody does that. No, it's evil all the time. And everybody who does it should be stopped. It doesn't make it better that somebody doesn't make it acceptable that somebody right. else does it. They all should not lie, cheat, and steal. They, oh, yeah, that's long-term. That's a long conversation there. I know, I know. <laughs> Let's see. 
the Midnight Guardian. I've got that. Did you get that for me? Yes, I got you the whole set. So now I want to give. I have the whole set. I don't have. Then you're going to be happy. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I love that. But John Bruning is a local author that recreates pulp ethos so well. Yeah. Really does from and so. I've been a big fan of his for a long time, and I had a chance to meet him at a bookstore in Lakewood, and we got along well. And then I just visited him at the bookstore in Shaker Square, where I actually drove just to talk to him. And you know how you get to know people online, and you're like, okay, we're simpatico. I really thought that you would like these. So besides- Yes, thank you, because my copy, <laughs> okay. I can pass that off on to somebody else, you know? Okay. So yeah, well, you know, these copies that I got you that I had him sign them to you. Nice, awesome, man. Pass offable. So His, I can't believe I copped to it. And that's so funny. Tomorrow, tomorrow, if you yes. come to the chat, you'll be getting your little. Gift. I got okay. some. I got oh, you. You have to accept my Steam friend request. I haven't been on. The, huh, I've been busy. Yeah, I've been oh, busy. silly Christmas cards out, all kinds of stuff. But still, I got your thing. Hey, I sent you an invite. I will indeed do it. And also, I that oh, hey, world. One of the joys of doing games is to do them in that shared world. Yeah. So Steve just sent me think back, back in blood, back for blood, back, back for, for blood, blood right? and it's a shared world zombie apocalypse yes. type game. And I haven't done this for a long time, so I'm really looking forward to doing it. And unfortunately, what did I do? I we have things going on virtually every night this week. Yeah. So tonight we're going to the Wild Winter Nights. Tomorrow I'm speaking. Nice. Yep. Um, Thursday is a comedian, Steve Hofstetter. Friday is games with Colleen's sister. Saturday is New Year's Eve. So we're going to see James. So it's like we talked about, right. hey, as soon as I have it, we'll go on a big adventure and you can take this little pod out on the run and teach him how this game works. And you know, don't let me die so quickly. How about next well, week? Because we'll get to I, it, man. This week is all fucking full, man. Game, so, gaming uh, can fit in with <laughs> other stuff. And John Bruning, real quick, his one writing partner, Jim Beard, I met him. Yes. At one of Collins Crypto Zoologist Bigfoot Festivals, I met Jim Beard. He okay. wrote the story for one of the Star Wars comics I have. So I have a Star Wars comic he signed that, yeah. So yeah. that's how I met those guys. The way I met Bruning first was I went to a pulp fest here in Cleveland at like the Holiday Inn in Westlake or something like that. And I loved those because I really loved the pulp. That's the time yes. of Doc Savage in the Shadow. And <laughs> that's why I liked it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so there I was wandering the room and I'm like, wow, there's still all kinds of cool new stuff coming out. And his from Flinch books looked like some of the best. And so I, you know, I sample amongst all these various different things. And then his was the one that was so good. There's like a number two and number three. And I love going to those things because you find out, I think we've talked about the Wold Newton universe before. Yes. There's all kinds of things that I thought, oh, Doc Savage, there are all 181 were written. And then there were some additional Walter, no, Walter Murray, William Murray. I should know. But then if you think it's done, if I read all these, I'm done. No, somebody is still, because they loved them too, Yeah. the faith recreation they're putting in. They know them just like I do, so that the, the, all of him and his fabulous five act in character. It's not, I just took the name and then I read it into the ground by not knowing how to write it. I love going to those places, kind of like what we talked about, any other thing. It's not only about the things there, it's about the people that like those things. I love the company of those yeah. people. And I, I try to go to those I there's a regular big one in Pittsburgh that I've never made. Same I here. I just need to go, like I do for my pinball weekend. I need to go and just knowing nothing about it, but I know I'm going to like those people. Go to Shadow Weekend. Go to whatever they often have. A, it's H.P. Lovecraft Weekend or whatever else it right. might be. And I'll just immerse myself in whatever cool things they're getting. 
one of the joys of reading those old things, we've talked about this a little bit before, there's a tendency nowadays for some people to be, the world came into being when I came into being. They won't watch anything that was like filmed before they were born. They were getting older. Man, I grew up loving that stuff. How did I learn about the whole kind of like 20s to the 60s? Because I was only born in 59. Like by reading Mad Magazine, by reading The Pulp, by reading what was the world like when it was the Great War not World War One because they didn't know there was the World War II yet. The advent of jet travel, where you didn't have to cross the Atlantic on a boat, and all those things. You know, when they discovered radioactivity and its uses, when they and its and its damages and stuff like that. It's, the books were maybe not written necessarily to create that sense of time. Sometimes when people write a Victorian, a Sherlock Holmes novel, they try to make it feel like it should because they're writing it in the modern era. About then, back then they were just writing about how it was cars had running boards and right. there were dirigibles in the air things like that and it's i love drinking that in and knowing that there was a world before i came into it so, so speaking of that one of the things i ran into and got for colin that i knew he'd love it wasn't on my list to get and i even told vicky she's like, really you're getting all of that for him i'm like oh trust me this is going to be the big gift of the year she's like, seriously I found some original Pogo books by Walt Kelly at the antique store. He was flipping out about it. And talking about it, he's like, oh my gosh, this is talking about McCarthyism. And he got into the history of why Walt Kelly did what he did. And and it's just fascinating. And everybody has named this guy in Pogo as an influence. Neil Gaiman named him as an influence. That's exactly right. There really are. There's some strips that for their time, were already a step above. You know, yeah. I mean, they talked about real world events, but with fuzzy little animals, so that kind of like when you use puppet shows to tell the truth or science fiction. So those are really great. I have some them. I have some Nemo and Slumberland books. Yeah. Like the fever dream illustrations that he was able to do were like nothing else going on. And Bill Watterson from Calvin and Hobbes has talked about the reason that he really demanded of newspapers that they not shrink him down to the same size as every other strip because he wanted to be able to do the big yep. quarter page or whatever it was. I want to have a dinosaur that looks like a dinosaur. I yes. don't want it scrunched into little, that kind of thing. And that was inspired by the incredible kinetics of a Nemo in Slumberland. Yep. Paddling. Absolutely. So, yep. Very yep. cool. Let's see. Hamilton mazes, which I know very <laughs> little about, but it's a particular kind of maze where you have to make sure there's a single path that connects all these. And so it's messy oh. and mazy and all that kind of good huh. stuff. So Colleen found me things like, well, I don't know much about that. How did she find a book about puzzles that I am not? Oh, I love those. That's you know even I mean? better. So amazing. <laughs> All of the Marvels, which oh. is a history of the Marvel universe. Wow. You know, I often start my talk, I do many comic book talks about this ongoing shared mythology is like the biggest work of literature in history. It's as big as Greco-Roman. I mean, it might not be as many years, but the cast of characters, the many contributors, it really is a modern mythology. And this is the kind of goes into here it all is here's while marvel comics and and this is marvel in particular not only dc not instead of dc they were all going on at the same time you'd often have crossovers in those books where hey spider-man happens to swing by the baxter building or something like that but the fact that the world was big and that tony stark was inventing this at the same time that donald blake was picking up the stick that made him into thor the same time that the hulk was getting irradiated bruce banner turning it up it's very cool the archetypes that were brought in and just the entire entwined history of all yeah. that this is like reading bullfinch's mythology wow. for the marvel universe wow and so i had 
when it first came out, I talked about it, and Calvin was one of those. Oh, you, I'll remember that one. This is from Jack. So it was oh. one of the things that was on the list. It was like, and, and one of the books he said, I really wanted to read that. And then finally, <laughs> this is the this really cool site called Information is Beautiful. A guy has an amazing talent for how to do graphics that illustrate data, statistics, ratios, and stuff like that in a way that's very like persuasive and perceptive and stuff like that. And so I just, I love where it isn't the driest way to do things. And here's another shout out. There's a guy named Edward Tufty that you might've heard of. His first book was called something like Visual Approach to Statistical Analysis. What a dry- Lighthearted. <laughs> Lighthearted, exactly that. And yet it's amazing how perceptive he is. Of It's not only a matter of portraying, it's that you have to do it. So it tells the whole story. You don't have a graph that's badly proportioned to make your point. It has to be the truth. You should choose visual elements that don't distract from, but instead concentrate the, getting the message home. A pie chart should be, anyway, he's like my hero for that kind of stuff. Because one of the things he does in his books is not really show all the good examples. He shows all the crap examples that people have gotten away from for a long time. When you have a little a bar chart and you realize that it's logarithmic instead of proportional, like that it's meant to do that, to show that this is a geometric instead of an arithmetic progression. But in the real world, that matters a ton. If you're looking mm. at how much money is that really? How many people is that really? How many people died is that really? This is, he seems to have read some of the same sources and really makes a point of, I want my stuff to be, if you show people this chart, they'll understand nutrition. They'll understand climate change. That it really shows that this is like incontrovertible evidence presented perfectly so that you can oh, that's cool. drill yeah. down into the data. You can explain it to somebody else, as we alluded to earlier. I just, I love that someone is really, I don't know, truth is pretty cool. <laughs> and someone who's dedicated to that and is saying that don't be a PowerPoint presentation where you're just trying to like rush through it and gloss over things you don't like. Dedicate yourself to really telling the whole story. You'll, whatever you might, you'll gain in credibility. You know what I mean? You really want to be the guy that when people talk about you, they're not, he's a Sharpie. He's a used car salesman. They want it to be, you might not get, you might not like what he has to say, but what he has to say will be truthful and important. And I guess that's one of the things I hope I make it to my gravestone and that somebody will like, yeah, he was kind of like that. He was mostly like that. He joked around a lot, but that was a way of getting at the truth a lot too. Yep. Nice. Getting so philosophical. <laughs> so, <laughs> End it, of year. I'll lean some, you know how you get, you're, you're so, as you watch someone opening a gift, like you were saying, when you know that this is really going to hit it out of the ballpark for Colin, I got her a shirt that is called a litograph that in tiny print, it has the entire little house on the prairie book and it forms the little house in. And so I, she's really a big fan of Laura Ingalls yes. and all the prairie books. I knew she'd like that. Not one of those me and Colin got a Neo oh, Montoya, and it's got Princess Bride on it. It's the whole fantastic. thing. Exactly. Yeah. Also got her, she loves coffee, and she really has, like, her favorite. We've tried Starbucks and everybody else, and she really likes Pete's. And there were Pete's in Cleveland for a while, but they folded up and went back across the Mississippi. But I can still find them in grocery stores. But I like it, seeing if there's any other thing that she might like. So I've gotten her Kona coffee, and that's very interesting to her. Whereas Kobach, which is the one that the civets eat and then excrete, and then you make coffee out of those beans. Like, where it's 10 times as expensive, is it 10 times as good? No, it is not. I just want to be able to say, yeah, I ate the poop coffee. Deep. Right. Um, 
I got her. I discovered you mentioned that downstate you've been to Cambridge and there's all kinds of cool things right here in Ohio. What did I discover? There's a city called Baltic. As yes. In the country. There's a Baltic coffee company. Of course I have to buy things from the Baltic coffee company. I was not too subtle. It was like, what kind of coffee have you liked that you have you tried that you liked and didn't like? And so it's like, doesn't care for a lot of Central American, whatever the bitterness or the wrong notes in there, but she really likes South American, likes Hawaiian, doesn't like Jamaican, doesn't really care for a lot of Sumatran Indonesian, but likes a lot of African. So I got her like five half pound samplers of Congo, Ethiopia, Peru, Colombia. Nice. I got her some nice coffee to try. And I, I, the first one she tried was the Congo because she had never had that before. And yesterday it was a hit. So nice. I hope that I gave her a little bit of variety in the same way that you talked about the teas. And we have a pretty good coffee maker, but I, and the bags don't come with any specific instructions. And I don't know that I want the morning coffee to be like, she wants to hit the button and have it take three minutes, not 20 minutes after I freshly ground it and then make sure I put some chicory in with it. Right. Know, that's how you make this kind of coffee. We'll see which ones of these she likes. And hey, Baltic Coffee Company. Now I want to go there. It's right. exactly after this, where they actually do small batch roasting and say, my name is Baltus. That's why I want to buy one of each because I need to have Baltic Coffee littering my house. You need to become so. the spokesperson. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I, my wife is the coffee hound. She's a Baltus, and she says this stuff is the best. Right. I think, and I also got I got her a little pendant that is the tree of life. That I already mentioned this. I'm sorry, but it like catches the light beautifully because it's kind of like laser cut. Certain things that I was really I, I had a lot of confidence that she really will like this, and she did. When you, nice. when you get certain yeah. a little oh the little perfect coup. That's a little coup. Right. <laughs> anyway, plus many other books and many other my. My way of shopping for clothes at Costco this year was like walking along, running my hands on things. It was like, this is the softest thing here. Let's get one in her size. <laughs> <laughs> so I got her some wool and I got her like uh, just all kinds of keep her warm during the winter. Also, <laughs> as you get older, it seems to be more and more like maintaining body heat is an important thing, almost yeah. an impossible thing. And she always appreciates it when I get her the wrap or the sweater <laughs> or the layering pieces so you'll stay warm and we go to zoo lights tonight when we go to right. winter lights. I, I gave vicky this little bag i gave vicky this little bag set of a spa day it was for things to go and have a at-home spa day and she was so excited and i was kind of exactly. laughing because yeah, I, she was laughing because it was my silent auction gift from the western pa mensa rg <laughs> that i won okay so, so i knew she'd it, like it, it was very much she would like it and i don't know i'm a guy like getting out of the shower with cleanliness in mind colleen loves her soaker tub we actually that's one of the few things we really we've improved upon the house in multiple ways she's been in for 35 years me for 20 when you're going to get a new bathtub let's not just get a bathtub let's get exactly the tub that you want because you're going to have it the rest of your life and you don't want every day to be like oh i could have had no we the soaker tub so no little knees out they're right. full immersion nice. so very good exactly swag fest yeah the fact that christmas gives you the opportunity to do that to look at all this cool stuff and to see that wonderful smile come on somebody's face and i just it's a delight to be able to do this so i hope yep. everybody else had a wonderful christmas it sure sounds like you and we did. did wonderful and i had to drive on friday during that horrible storm for a little bit that mm -hmm. was a treat let me tell you everything worked out but man it yeah, was we good. were still in like relative civilized city stuff, whereas you're out like where there's, there's a penalty for going off the road. There's a ditch. That I almost was in an accident because the snow had blown over on my side of the road and I had to slow down and stop. But it was a whiteout. So the guy behind me couldn't even see me. And it was like an action hero coming out of smoke. 
he comes barreling out of the snow and I see his face go and he hit his brakes and he's like, didn't even slow down. Yeah. But he slid next to me instead of into me. And I, he's like, honest, I'm glad it happened, but honestly, I didn't try. It just went. That's no, yes. (laughs) It wasn't any, it was Providence, not his actions. That's okay. My, my mother said it was my father watching over me. I'm like, are you kidding? It was too cold out there for him. He wouldn't have been. All right, man, we got to talk about avatar next week. I'm curious about it. Absolutely. All right. Very good. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll see you tomorrow night. We'll chat again next week. Yes. See you tomorrow. Take care. This has been the Relentless Geekery Podcast. If you enjoy our conversation, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and go give us a review. Give us some likes. It would help a lot. Check out our website, relentlessgeekery.com, where we have links to our Facebook page. Join the conversation. and. Go check out our YouTube page where we have the video of this and other episodes. You have been listening to the Relentless Geekery Podcast. Come back next week and join Alan and Stephen's conversation on Geek Topics of the Week.